a massive, massive day here on the podcast. Marcus Mosher, Adam Kramer. Marcus, look, we got NFL schedule to talk about, but first mm -hmm. and foremost, we have ourselves a new name. Drumroll. What was the game day podcast is now Take the Points. Tell your friends, mm -hmm. tell everybody else. We're doing a $500 giveaway this week. So look at our stuff on social, the game day NFL. Uh, it is the same pod content that we've been giving everybody. It's gambling. It's football. There's some UFC, some golf, some NBA, some whatever. But it's it's where you want to be. And again, get some cash along the way. So Marcus Mosher, what is your what is your do you live that take the points lifestyle? Because I do. You know me by now. I'm a contrarian. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. an underdog backer. So take the points is more than appropriate on my end. Yeah, it's no fun to just bet on favorites all the time. So we're always looking for live dogs on this show. So yeah, of course, Take the Points is not just the, the title of our podcast. It's also our life motto. I, I love that. We, we messed around with names to bring people kind of behind the curtain here. And that mm -hmm. one just kind of naturally fit, right? Like that yeah, one to us uh, screamed to what we want to do. So a reminder, uh, check us out on social, Game Day NFL, Instagram, Twitter, 500 bucks, which sounds Awesome, by the way. I don't think we're eligible for this. I wish we were, but we are not. Uh, but we'll we'll be sharing that thing. And again, lots to get into. Also, a reminder, go to the gameday.com, do some shopping, right? Shop around where you want to get your lines and follow us, Spotify, Apple. This is the time. Like, this is a reset. I mentioned the content's going to be the same. We added how many beers last week, Marcus, which was a great deal of fun. Uh, wow. We'll be doing other things. We're going to get big time guests. So really, really excited about where we're heading. But NFL schedule release. How big of a deal is this to you? Right. I feel like it's, I feel like this has become a holiday. I like the timing post draft. What is your, your NFL schedule interest normally year to year? Well, I'm starting to enjoy it more because it used to be just this big, you know, reveal at 8 PM Eastern time on NFL network. And now the whole day leading up to it, it's just schedule leak day. And you got people that are trying to piece together the schedule, trying to find creative ways to, to say when the games are going to be played and when they're not. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I, there's always, and there's always a couple games that I circle every year that I either want to go to, or I'm really excited to watch. I think we're going to have a fun schedule this year. Can we talk about the leaking of this for a second? Because it was kind <laughs> of <ridiculous>. amazing. <laughs> the, the sheets, the schedules of like confidential NFL yeah, yeah, written on yeah. it that are just being like a, a snapshot on Twitter. Kind of amazing. If I'm being completely honest. Um, and then the way this stuff is served, like the NFL basically says you can't leak it out, but the NFL just kind of like, it's like dealing yeah, hands all over the place. Um, yeah, I think, I think they purposely say, Hey, please don't leak this out because they want to dominate that day. Right. Wait. That's the whole thing. It's all we talked about all day long on Twitter and on social media is the NFL schedule. I don't think they really care about the leaks. In fact, I think they encourage them. It's yeah. It's kind of the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like the leaking yeah, of it is yeah. actually, it's like a 12 hour event. Yes. Like you're getting spoon fed yeah. little morsels that feel significant in the time. Across we had all a, of well, it. Good, good morning. America was talking about the, the, the Monday night football game. And we got some, you know, the, the cowboy buck game they were talking about on the you know national news early in the morning. It's just absolutely incredible. And I love and it. And I will say as a fan of like a team, like, you know, the jets, you start to, in uh, their week one game, I could do without, if I'm being completely honest <laughs> against Carolina, but you do start to like the, the you had the skeleton, right. But now you've got the full mm -hmm. formation of a season and what it could look like. Uh, which is fun. Like as a fan, you could start to establish. But the other thing, Marcus, before we, we move to fill in the blank is 
I'm always amazed. We do it every year. We look at a schedule. We think we know what it'll look like on paper. And then by week four, it's, it's vastly different, right? Like the NFL is so such a roller coaster experience in terms of teams, injuries, divisions. When you look at like the NFC East last year, it, we don't, I feel like we know a little, we know enough, but we don't know a lot when it comes to some of this stuff. Yeah. My best advice for people out there that care about looking at the schedule and strength of schedule stuff is rank your teams and the opponents by quarterbacks, right? Because more often than not, that decides who wins and loses these games. So rank the team, you know, rank your 17 opponents by quarterbacks. You'll have a pretty good idea of where your, your team might land. I think that's the best bet. And even then yeah. you're, you're not operating with the full picture and still it's a great deal of fun. I'm already kind of visualizing all mm-hmm. my jets agony moments here uh, and when they will surface starting with week one, most likely, by the way. All right. Uh, fill in the blank schedule release edition. For those who are new to this exercise, it's very simple. It should really say it all. Fill in the blank. I'll ask a question to Marcus. He will get fill in the blank. I'll kind of dance around a little, little bit, let him do yeah. the heavy lifting and we'll go from this. So let's just start Marcus. This one's relevant to you. And also the, mm-hmm. the swag that you're wearing right now. I am blank for Bucks Cowboys to kick off the season. Nervous. And it's not because I think the Cowboys should win this game or will win this game. It's just, it's been a long time since Dak Prescott has played football. And the last thing you want to do is expose him to a really good, you know, pass rush against a really fast defense Going up against Tampa Bay in Raymond James Stadium is going to be a tall task. I, I just hope that he gets out of that game healthy and we can move on because that's a nightmare matchup for Dallas. Yeah, I know you're closer to it than I am. I'm pumped. I am pumped for yeah. this. Uh, you mentioned it. It's not It's not like the most predictable like opening matchup. It has this weird kind of feel it out. It's not like Bucks Packers. Like it's, I kind of exactly. thought that would be the opening game, right? No, that's exactly it. Like this is kind of a different one. And yet mm-hmm. you look at some of the, the skill position players for the Cowboys going up against that defense Dax return, you know, Brady looking potentially old or maybe not coming off a knee yeah. surgery himself, the Bucks returning essentially every starter, all like, 22 starters. Yep. I, that's going to be a ratings bonanza. Right. So do we think that's what happened is the NFL just said, hey, what's the absolute biggest rating game that we can get in week one to start this season off? Let's put the Cowboys on Thursday night football and let's go. Well, other than like like Chiefs box, right? Like what what would it be, which we just did, and I, they're not gonna I do think the Cowboys yeah, I think the Cowboys get even better ratings than the Chiefs and Bucks do. I really do. Is the Chiefs are far superior team. That's the better matchup and the better game for sure. The Cowboys bring in ratings. It's just, it's just what it is. It is no, and and w- they are perfectly polarizing. I think people get lost mm-hmm. in that. You, kind of the Yankee syndrome. You love them, you hate yep. them. You will watch them to determine what happens to them. Regardless, let's stay with the Bucks for the next one. You look at some of the schedules. This is supposed to be. If you've had a very good season, we're gonna we're gonna kind of clobber, clobber you a little bit with the schedule. Again, we don't know what that exactly means, but on paper, the Bucks. Having on paper one of the league's easiest schedules is predictable. Everything just seems to fall Tom Brady's way, right? I mean, of course he's going to have the easiest schedule as he goes for uh, Super Bowl win number eight. I mean, it's it's not surprising at all. I'd say it's uh, premature to say that, right? It is on paper one of the easiest schedules when you look at the division and kind of how things will set out, but kind of tapping into the beating the drum that I will continue to beat. We know nothing. So while you could say yep. the schedule was easy and they return all, all of their starters, there's some age on that team. 
despite all the players, there's some, there's some question marks still with that team that I think are fair to ask. So yeah, and as a, as a tortured Jets fan, I'll, I'll, I'll go to your angle as well. Yes. Tom Brady is lived a charmed NFL life and it continues, but not so fast. We'll see what happens. We'll see where this shakes out. We'll see what who's healthy. When we actually start the season again, things will probably look a little bit different. Your favorite primetime game, Marcus Mosier, of the season is? Week five, Buffalo Bills at Kansas City Chiefs. I think this Bills team is ridiculously talented. They're so loaded. Uh, I think there's a chance that Kansas City can take a slight step back this year. Putting that game on NBC Sunday night football, that's a lot of fun. I think those are the two best teams in the AFC. I think those are two of the three best teams in the league. I'm really, really excited for that because I, I think that Buffalo team is a legitimate Super Okay, Bowl so this is my pick as well. I just – the quarterback play, offense, it yeah. could be a great deal of fun. I think that probably the most popular answer, Marcus, will be Tampa Bay at New England week four primetime. Um and look, I'm here for the side do we think yeah, sideline shots, but do we I don't know. Yeah, it's not gonna be a great exactly. game. It's not gonna be a great game. I can I can I give you one more? Yes, really of quickly? course. Uh another Sunday night game, the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers, I believe week 13. That's a really, really good rivalry game. And they've had some just banana bananas well Sunday night games before, primetime games. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if that's a game that eventually decides the division. Uh, later on in the season, or, or later on in the year, December 13th, a lot, a lot of fun. Can I interest you, and I mean this sincerely, by the way, in a Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, September 30th, little Trevor oh. Lawrence, Joe Burrow rematch action. I'm pumped for sure. that as a college guy. Sure, and this might be uh, this might be a really good game to see what Tebow can do for us. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll get into that, by the way. We're saving that for how many beers? Um <laughs> And I'll say this, bring the cooler and bring your buddy's cooler and bring the fridge. There are not enough beers. Um, Blank has the most favorable schedule for a playoff run. I kind of think Dallas, Uh, they play, they play the, all the NFC East and the Arizona Cardinals in the last month of the season. I don't think the division is very good. So if they can survive the first 10, 11 weeks of the season, I, I do think the end of that schedule is so easy because I just, you, who do you trust in the NFC East, Adam? I mean, what quarterback do you trust at all besides Dak? You know, it's funny, though, because it's <laughs> – I don't tr- – you're exactly right, and yet I could see it being sort of the repeat from last year. Yeah. When it's did. it's just like – just like this beatdown that just continues to flourish, and it's just a lot of 500 games and – or a lot of 500 teams and wins yeah. and losses and trading back and forth. And yet, Marcus, you're exactly right. When it looks – when you look at it, and trying to get into a rhythm of the year, if that is not the case mm. for one or two of these teams, somebody can get fat and healthy. I, I actually think the Seahawks have a pretty good run. When you look at you know, Tennessee, Minnesota, you know, the Rams are going to be tough. I know how you feel about the Rams, but I just look mm. at this schedule, Jacksonville, Indy. I mean, these are all games that they should win. The danger I have, and it's kind of the, you know, hearkening back to the NFC East thing is this was the Seattle team that was very Jekyll and Hyde. So yeah. while they may have yeah. a schedule that on paper I think looks very comfortable, there were some games last year that they should have win or looked like they would dominate, and the offense just fell apart. I do think the more I think about this year, Marcus, that's a team I'm liking more and more, and just the way that season sets up with Indy, Tennessee, Minnesota, that's that's a schedule that they should do okay against, certainly getting off on the right foot. But, again, we saw that last year. They did get off on the right foot, and things went sideways. 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really fascinating to see what happens to those teams. I, I, again, the NFC East is so fascinating to me. That's that's the division I keep coming back to. Uh, and this is this is the part where we things okay. You look at a schedule. We think of the optimists, right? This team will win these games. There's a playoff mm-hmm. run here. There is another side of this for our final fill in the blank. After looking at schedules, the first coach to get fired will be blank. What about Zach Taylor in Cincinnati? Because that schedule is brutal to start the year. They play home against Minnesota. Then it's at Chicago, at Pittsburgh, the game against Jacksonville on a Thursday night, as you mentioned, and then Green Bay, Baltimore, Cleveland coming up, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, San Francisco. It's a a really tough schedule. And if Joe Burrow's not healthy or the offensive line isn't dramatically better, I could easily see that team starting 0-5, one and four it's it's just a rough start to the year you mentioned a team i'm, I'm going still the matt Nagy uh angle yeah, here of course one. the rams at uh opening on prime time is just a brutal spot playing in yep. la you play the Bengals the following week which by the way if you lose to a quarterback coming off a serious knee injury and a team that's pretty bad that's not good then you go to cleveland which is really not great then you have detroit who we'll have to see play at the Raiders, play Green Bay, play at Tampa. That stinks. I mean, there's there's two or three games in there that you should win, but there's some games in there, Marcus, for the Bears that I just, you know, we'll see what happens with Fields. We'll see what happens with the quarterback room. Maybe they find lightning in a bottle. It just does not look like a good start to the year for a coach that really at this point is thin ice isn't the appropriate way to capture what that organization has when it comes to the GM and the coach at this point. And look at the next three games, 49ers, Steelers, Ravens. It doesn't get easier for this Chicago team. So I'm looking at the schedule, Adam, like when do we see Justin Fields for the first time? Because <laughs> yeah, I, I would say after week three, after at Cleveland, maybe you ease him in against Detroit. That's probably the best one The at the Raiders. Maybe that's the way to go with their defense. But yeah, that's a, that's a tough schedule. Yeah. I mean, you see again how it shakes out, but the schedule as a whole, and yeah. Green Bay being on there twice, Seattle on the back end, Minnesota should be better. You know, who knows what you have with Green Bay, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. But I think that it, it just looks really, really tough for a coach that needs a big, not just a nine and seven, kind of the season that saved his job last year. That's not going to suffice, especially investing in a young quarterback. All right. I would agree. So we've got lines now, or certainly we've got point spreads for week one. We've got, uh, overall, you know, win totals, will they make the playoffs? We are going to be exploring this stuff in depth, in depth Mm -hmm. over the next couple of weeks and months ahead, really diving back into the division, seeing what win totals we like. Uh, Marcus, we have the full picture now, right? I mean, we don't know necessarily, you know, what injuries will surface. You'll have things that come up, but we've got the full picture. So before we dive into some of these lines, how much does the draft, because you and I really dove in depth every division, before the draft, while free agency is happening, we're processing mm-hmm. this stuff. So how much did the draft and the schedule, how, you know, alter your thoughts before, you know, that we had months ago when it came to each team? Not much. Uh, there are certain picks in certain positions that are filled in the draft that make me feel maybe better about a team. But if a team has a quote unquote bad draft, I'm not dropping, you know, I'm not suddenly betting the, the under on the win totals sure. or anything like that. I think it's a long-term projection. It doesn't matter too much right away for 2021. All right. Well, let's dive into some of these lines, some of these spreads, and let's start with week one. 
Uh, I'm fascinated by this. We talked a little bit about the Bucks Dallas mm-hmm. game. Let's go to another week one line that can shift drastically. And that's why I like it, Marcus. Saints minus two and a half versus the Packers. So are we talking about a potential Taysom Hill Jordan Love situation <laughs> here? And how well, do you I handicap? Uh, me, me neither, by the <laughs> way. Uh, how do you handicap a game with so much unknown, really, for both of these teams at quarterback? All right, so let's think of it like this. If Rodgers is playing in this game, what does that line look like? Because this game is in New Orleans. Um, Saints are actually pretty good at home to start the year. Are they – is it a pick em? Is Green Bay favored? What do you think? Well, I think so. And I'm wondering how, if you're the odds makers, are you baking in a security blanket here that there's a possibility he's are. not there? Yeah. So the line would maybe move two and a half points if we didn't have this drama. Saints home field, by the way, if you have a rookie, or I shouldn't say a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback getting its real first taste, uh, taste of that seasoning, not ideal, by the way, assuming that we have fans there. So, oh, that's the other thing is that if we have fans and it sounds like from everything I'm hearing yep. that the NFL is going to be full capacity. Yep. That is going to be a nightmare first start for Jordan Love because not only is it going to be really loud in there, that Saints defense is good. So yes. that's that's a pretty rough situation. Even if Rodgers is playing, Rodgers hasn't always played well in that stadium either. I don't know what to do with this. I, I, I think you have to wait and see because certainly if you like the Saints right now, well, if you like the Saints right now, you might as well pounce. But if you look at the yeah. odds on where Rodgers is going to play next year, the Packers are still the favorite, slight favorite. You've well, got, he, he, you know, the lines say, are moving Adam, around there. If Jordan Love is starting this game, that line isn't going to be two and a half for the Saints. What would it it's be? It's going to be probably six and a half, seven. That's where I go to. At least. Yep. So you're probably better off jumping on the Saints right now at minus two and a half. I think those, that's pretty good value right there. I know this is kind of an aside, but are we still under the impression that Rodgers will not be there? Like this line is just this purgatory line of not knowing which way to go because of where they are. I, to me, obviously there's a chance and, and it's really hard to get wind of this because Rodgers largely plays things close to the vest and the mm-hmm. things that you hear, he is allowing you to hear. Like these, these things yeah. are coming out. Yeah. So I, I would kind of lean the Saints here, Marcus. I know that quarterback situation could be rough. But based on the unknown in the Packers, even if Rodgers does play, this is like you mentioned, it's, it's like a safety net because the moment there is a trade or wind of the trade, this line's going to move and it's going to move fast. Yeah, we just changed the name of this podcast to take the points and we're already taking a favor uh, with our first pick. So <laughs> take, the uh, I agree with, <laughs> take the chalk. I agree with you. I, I think the, the Saints are just a smart bet right now. All right. Bucks at Pats. Week mm. four. Bucks. Minus three and a half. You gave me a little bit of a tease earlier when you said, I don't think it's going to be a great game. Um, I'm just here for the awkward Belichick mask <laughs> rearrangement. And just the, the, I don't even think the sideline shots will be any different. He always looks pretty miserable. Right. And, and the handshake, which they'll have like 38 cameras on. What say yeah. you about the game itself? Bucks minus three and a half. I gotta be honest. It looks pretty juicy right now to me. Yeah, I, I think it needs to be closer to six, six and a half. I just think Tampa Bay is a far more talented team. Who knows what New England's quarterback situation is going to look like in week four. Again, that wide receiver core, I think, is the worst in the NFL. You know Brady is going to be extra jazz for that game. And I think it's going to be one of these ones, Adam, where if Tampa Bay wins, they don't win by a field goal. Right. This is this is a total. Hey, we're going to blow out New England. We're going to be throwing it when we're up 30 points in the fourth quarter. Three and a half seems far, far too low for me. Does there were so many opt outs, right? 
last year for New yeah. England. So they'll get a lot of those guys back. Of course, free agency, they went a little wild uh, signing folks. To me, the problem is quarterback still, right? Like you can't really yep. feel yep. good about this knowing that it's Cam, right? I, like that's the problem. I think New England's going to be a little, uh, probably considerably better with just the sheer amount of bodies that are all pretty good in a lot of places. But I think Cam in this is, is just, that's where I struggle to, to see this thing yeah. through from a, yeah. you're right. Take the points, uh, not, not great kickoff here as we're just <laughs> pounding the chalk, but that's where I really struggle to kind of visualize new England being competitive in this game. And, and I also would like to say new England has completely reshuffled their offensive line this year. It's going to take them a couple months to get into a rhythm. They've got a new right tackle. Uh, we'll see what happens with Isaiah Wynn on the left side. They lost Joe Thune to the chiefs that offensive line might not be able to protect Cam against that pretty ferocious pass rush. All right, let's go. Let's go now season component. We have the schedule here. Let's talk Steelers uh, pretty much considered to have one of the most difficult schedules, if not the most difficult schedule in the mm -hmm. league. When you look at the division, how good the teams are around it. Some of the out of division games, it's tough. The odds right now to make the playoffs plus 180. Marcus, what say you with the Steelers? I think there's a lot of value in the Steelers to make the playoffs. I know the first game of the season is tough at Buffalo, but I think the rest of the way, at least early on in the season, is pretty favorable. They get the Raiders coming off a Monday night game playing at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, those teams have typically lost about like 87% of those games traveling to the West Coast or traveling, traveling to the East Coast. They'll play the Bengals. They'll play maybe the New Look Packers. Uh, they've got Chicago, Detroit. There's some pretty easy games in there. So if they can get to, I think, 10 and 7 with probably the number one ranked defense in an offense that finished inside the top 15 last year, I do think they're a good bet to make the playoffs. And plus 180 is a lot of value, and I'm taking it. I'll say this. If you have that bet, the final three games are fascinating where you may be sweating yeah. that out, which is at Chiefs versus Browns at Ravens, right? I mean, that is – you're hoping oh, it doesn't come down to no. those last three games, right? <laughs> you are hoping that you don't need to win out. And and that may be the case. I think they're one of the I think they're one of the more complicated teams uh this year, Marcus, for me. Like because I like Najee. I did a video for the game day this week on who I think is going to win offensive rookie of the year. I think it's going to be Najee Harris. I think the guy's going to be a, a if you're a if, by the way, we're getting into fantasy season, which I know is near and dear to you. Yeah, yeah. Najee Harris oh, got to yeah. be up there, man, because that guy is going to get a lot of touches for them very, very soon. Yeah, and I think Najee is going to help their offense be a little bit more consistent when they get up in these games because of their good defense. They're going to be able to rely on Harris. Uh, to get 20, 25 touches. I just think they're, they're, they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. They're not the 11 and 0 team that we saw last year, but they're not going to be a barely above 500 or floating around that they're going to be in the playoffs. I have no doubt about it. The, the version, I agree. The version of the early team we saw and the late team we saw, it's probably somewhere in the middle Yes. where that yes. factors with a really good division that's probably the hardest part for me is what will those teams around them do, right? I, I kind of know what Pittsburgh is. That's mm -hmm. assuming, you know, of course, with Ross's, Roethlisberger, you have to try to factor that in. Can he stay upright, which is always a fascinating prop bet in itself. Um, I think it would be very, very interesting to see. Now, let's get back to the Marcus Moser sweet spot, to the yes. swag, the logo on his chest, literally right now, Cowboys plus 110, to win the division. I'm going to say right now, Marcus, I like this. I yeah, like this a yeah. lot. 
I, I we, we talked about the NFC East just being this gross mosh pit last year. I, I don't believe in Jalen Hurts yet. I don't believe in the Giants. I think Washington is a really interesting team, but I'm not there with them offensively yet. I, I like this a lot, assuming Dak is healthy, and I'd go to you, mm-hmm. is Dak healthy? And I'm sure that's going to impact what you think of this line. Yeah, I mean, Dak could play a football game right now if he needed to, just to kind of show you where he's at. He, he'll be fine but when the regular season gets here. Adam, how many wins do we think the Cowboys are going to need to get to win this division? If, if I set the over-under at eight and a half, what would you say? I'd say you need more. I'd say, and again, I'm, I'm really goofed up with the 17 game schedule, yeah. by the way, I'm, it's, it's going to take a full six months to uh-huh. scope in that 11 wins now is not a phenomenal year. It's a good year. Right. Yeah. I think, I think you're going to need, I think you're going to need 10 wins. What, what do you okay. think? You're going a little below that probably. I just come back to, I don't trust any of the quarterbacks in the division. And listen, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is with Washington and that defense is really good, but there's a reason why all these teams have moved on from Ryan Fitzpatrick. And there's a reason why he always gets benched at some point during the season is because teams kind of catch up to him, right? It's Fitz magic only lasts so long. It's not built for a 17 game schedule. So I do think if the Cowboys can get to nine, 10 wins for sure, they're winning this division. And again, the middle part of their schedule is really, really easy. I don't think it's all that difficult. And if you're giving me them at plus 110 to win the division, I'm not being a homer here at all. I just think that's fantastic value. I agree. Although I have to say, while you were talking, I just went down this, I won't call it a dark rabbit hole, where Ryan Fitzpatrick is surrounded by a really pretty good team. Some good offensive players, Mm -hmm. a great defense. What if, Marcus? Like, what if if this is – because normally it's just him – you know, bearding his way through mediocrity and having some big games and throwing interceptions. But what if, right? What if this is it for him? And, and don't I even don't get, believe it. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> don't believe well, don't even, you know, and I'll say this now that I'm, I'm playing my own devil's advocate, um, you know, Taylor Heineke, my guy, Heineke, yeah, there you, you, go. Know, you know, so it's just, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up starting more games than Fitzpatrick this year, because again, neither. I think what, I think what happens if Fitzpatrick, he's getting older. I think he's 39 years old now. His arm just gets tired and his legs get worn out as the season goes on. And all of a sudden those YOLO balls have a little bit less juice on them than usual. Um, I, again, I would not be surprised if our, our guy Taylor ends up being the starter here by week nine, week 10. He is kind of an unofficial mascot of the pod now that Mr. Philip Rivers has decided to call it quits. <laughs> Last one. And I don't know how you bet this unless you're no. going to go the other way. Green Bay minus 163 to win the division. Um, that number, like the week one point spread, Marcus, feels a little bit neutered uh, because of the yeah. Rodgers situation. What, what do you do here? Do you, do you wait or do you say, hey, you know, Detroit actually seems to be getting some buzz no, with their meat-headed mascot. Uh, Minnesota, I'm not doing Chicago. I just, you know, said that their coach is going to get fired. So I don't know where you go with this, uh, this division. It's a bit of a mess. Probably the right bet is to bet on Green Bay now at minus 163 because a few weeks ago they were minus 300. I even saw them at DraftKings at minus 350 to win the division. So you're getting a lot of value despite them literally not making a move at all with Aaron Rodgers. The hope is that they can fix something over the offseason. But, yeah, I think I just don't feel good about any of the other three teams to, to go anywhere else right now. Minnesota plus 260. Can I interest you in that at all? 
No, their defense is still really bad. And Bear, it's Kirk Cousins. Bears plus 375. I'm no. No. <laughs> uh Detroit 20 to 1. They have by far the worst wide receiver room in uh in the entire NFL. And they have Jared Goff as their quarterback. No thanks. So that was a hard no. I'm I'm gonna get on the <laughs> I'm gonna get on the Campbell Meathead wagon at some point too. He he I want a piece of that action, and I'm not sure how. Uh, We're going to talk about how many beers in a second. You need, we need to have a segment. How many beers to take the Lions to win the division? Because that's a, that's a big number right there. Man, it would be a lot. But it, it, <laughs> I, I'm just – so I wonder what happens then, though, if Rodgers is traded. I mean, Green Bay's probably still the favorite, no? But it's, it's, it's instead of minus 163, it's minus 110. I mean, it's probably very, very neck and neck at that point. It probably starts to look like what we just talked about at the NFC East, where you have, you know, like Dallas's favorite at plus 110. You'll probably have something with that, like the Vikings, and then everybody else kind of just pushed together all around the same odds. It's not great. And I, I think the NFL is really, really hoping that doesn't happen because all of a sudden that NFC North has becomes, you know, the worst division in football to watch. See, we're starting to, to go back to our, our new name of take the points. We're not just jumping yep. Yep. at every chalk. And now, of course, uh, my favorite, your favorite, everybody's favorite segment, how many beers? Now, we're going to go back to something we started or we've already hit on, uh, Marcus Little Lucy, which is the Steelers schedule. I think I'm, I'm probably more how many beers oriented than you are. So I ask you with that Steelers schedule, rated the hardest schedule right now in the NFL, how many beers? Let's say three, and I think you start to drink more as you get closer to December, right? Because <laughs> that, that you just keep looking at those final three games, and it just keeps looking worse and worse and worse. But, again, I think the early part of the schedule is pretty easy. I, I would not stress about this too much if you were Pittsburgh. Interesting. So, is that – all right, I want to hit on this more because I'm going to say okay. – I'm not saying full-on bender, okay? But I'm going to say this is a six-and-a-half beer situation okay. and an IPA with – some reasonable alcohol content is it is it not necessarily having the faith in the division like i shouldn't say have faith in the other teams but not being as fearful as some of these other teams as maybe i am or the or the certainly the people comprising you know these schedule rankings are i i think it's because mike tomlin does have a pretty good record against the division over the last 10 years and i think there are parts of cleveland that still have you a little bit nervous uh, pittsburgh's actually done very well against lamar jackson and the ravens over the last two years, the Bengals should be two easy wins. I, I don't know. There's still a lot of quarterbacks that they'll play in the middle part of the year that I just, I don't trust. Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, maybe Justin Fields, uh, Kirk Cousins. I, I just think they, they beat up on bad quarterbacks because their defense is so good that I think they'll be okay. And I think they'll eventually split some of these harder games against Baltimore, maybe against Kansas City and against Cleveland. All right, let's move again to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers gate. I, I just love this story. I can't get enough of Aaron Rodgers, maybe or maybe not being there. Packers have five, five primetime games. So the networks are saying, hey, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like people are going to tune in. If Rodgers is traded, how many beers for those major networks that are counting on big boosts to their ratings because of the best quarterback on the planet, non-Patrick Mahomes division? All of them. There's not enough of them out there because it would be a disaster for the NFL, not only just for the big, you know, the primetime networks, right? Like NBC, Monday Night Football and ESPN, but for Fox, because, it, you know, typically they'll have the Packers play in that late yep. afternoon, the America's game seven, eight times a year. 
And without Rodgers, all of a sudden, those games just kind of disappear. You're not putting the Packers on those big games. Uh, I, I, I think the NFL is really, really hoping that Aaron Rodgers doesn't leave the NFC because that would be a disaster. All right. I can't say all of them because our next how many beers is going to be the <laughs> ultimate uh, yeah. beer access yep. for me, but a lot. I, 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 you're, you're talking about a, a day drinking double digit situation. I think maybe early in the primetime games, you'll have some curiosity viewers who are like, okay, Aaron Rodgers is not there. Hey, here's this quarterback they drafted that really pissed everybody off and just kind of threw this thing into disarray. Maybe we'll watch. But middle of the year, unless Jordan Love is, and who knows, maybe maybe this is one of those, you know, we have to have some contingency plans. If Jordan Love is good, then maybe the ratings are okay. But I think it would be bad. Loading up on primetime games with Green Bay with one of the faces of football. If he's not there, the team's not going to be as good. Not, not an ideal situation for any of the networks like you mentioned. No, that would be brutal. So again, I'm, I'm guessing the NFL is really hoping the Packers and Rodgers figure this out because that would be a disaster. Okay, we have been very, very schedule release heavy. We've been Aaron Rodgers heavy. We have not yet talked about, uh, we have not, you and I haven't talked about this at all uh, yet, which is one, Tim Tebow potentially being signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars to play tight end. Marcus, I am a college football that, you know me, I, 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 that's my place. That's my origin. That's what I love. Tim Tebow was an amazing college quarterback. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. So I ask you this, signing Tim Tebow to play tight end at, what, 33 years old, how many beers? It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, seven, eight strong IPAs. I mean, I, I just don't understand this, right? You're 34 years old. You don't even really have a size to be a tight end. Even as peak, he was 230 pounds, which is 20 pounds too light to play the position. I, I don't understand it outside of Urban just doing a solid for his guy. I, I don't get this one at all, Adam. This is an IV with a dump truck full of beer hooked up into both arms for the, the better part of two weeks. This <laughs> is one of the most hilarious NFL stories of my lifetime, Mark, like this is outrageous. Okay, I am also a Mets fan, so I watched this guy in the minor leagues just kind of torment me. He was on the Jets. I cannot escape this. This is like a Tom Brady, except he's <laughs> he can't throw a football. This is asinine. And you and I have been very critical of Urban Meyer. I, I, I yeah, I'll say very yeah, critical. Yeah, we have we we, critical. we question yeah. this because this is why the culture stuff. I get it. In college, there's some truth to that. And man, that guy was a great culture guy and a guy that like, you know, you'll never see with anybody try harder, blah, blah, blah. This ain't it. This is yeah, not it. No. I, if, if Urban is seriously considering this and his story about this is hilarious that his coaches worked him out, best shape of his life. Good God, man. So like, what? good so God. I, I am floored that this is actually a thing. Um, there should be, I, there may be a line out there. I don't know if he'll like for him to make this team, I don't know what those odds are. I would assume no. Do you think this actually has any legs as I, my blood pressure kind of comes down a little bit here? I mean, I think if Urban signed him, he has every intention of keeping him on the roster and playing him. And I think that's the absolute worst thing in the world for Trevor Lawrence, right? First of all, why subject your number one pick quarterback to answer questions every single day about Tim Tebow and how is Tim Tebow looking at tight end? And are you going to throw the ball to Tim Tebow? Are you worried about him taking snaps? So why do that to your quarterback? 
I don't know. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. And again, this is why you and I were so concerned about Urban is relationships matter almost too much to him. I don't think he always sees the full picture of what you need to do to be a successful organization. I, I, I just have my concerns. You know, you think about this first off season, he signed a strength coach who had a questionable history yeah. in a variety yeah. of ways to say the least, you know, his draft stuff where, Oh, this isn't the way to do the draft of, of doing the job interviews. We're completely <sighs> criticized the process. And now this, now if Trevor Lawrence is, as good as he could be, none of this probably matters because he'll win a lot of games because he may have a generational quarterback and they have a lot of draft picks and they have some talent. But if it starts to go sideways, I think it could go really sideways. Like yeah. I, yeah. And, and it's just, again, the guy has been an, an amazing coach at the collegiate level, but I just feel like the differences in style. And when you are a college coach, you are the mayor, governor, college coach, you're mm-hmm. everything in that city you're starting to see that things are challenging, more challenging here. And this story, it just floors me. And I, and, and yet I can't get enough of it, Marcus. I want all uh, of I, this. I, I hope for Trevor Lawrence's sake, he just doesn't make the team or Tebow just decides, Hey, I don't really want to do this whole thing at tight end because I just think this is a team that's in a rebuild. You don't need a, and again, it's not necessarily Tebow's fault, but you don't need a circus in Jacksonville Agreed. this year. You just need to continue to build this team up. This is the last thing that the Jaguars need. If Tebow wants to try to come back and play football, good on him. It was like the baseball argument. Dude wants to do yeah. this, whatever. Good. Uh, being the person that's saying this is, we're going to allow him to do this and then he might make the team. I, I question yeah. that entirely. Again, not Tebow's fault at all. No. If, as you mentioned, if he wants to play, that's perfectly fine. But Urban, you got to realize you are in a different stage of, of this team where you don't need to be bringing in guys to just sell tickets because that's what Trevor Lawrence is going to do. You don't need to worry about it. I think they're going to be one of the most interesting teams in the league. I can't wait. I mean, again, from a sheer spectacle standpoint between Lawrence and ETN and that, Mm -hmm. that backfield and this, I, I think they are a really interesting team. I want to watch all of this just to see how all this plays out, man. It's uh very, very interesting. Again, uh, IV of beers, the first IV, like an actual hook, <laughs> hook me up, uh, just right into the veins. Okay. Last one, non-football edition, Marcus. So I've got a swing set in my backyard and mm-hmm. I'm going to both it's, you know, we moved in and, and this thing has needed a facelift for a while. I need to power wash this thing and I need to paint this thing. It is a I'd say it's not like the park size, but it's also decent size. Like this is a good size thing. And I think I'm completely underestimating the work that's gone and going involved. And I've joked with my wife, oh, I've got this in, you know, power wash one day, paint the other day. Am I underestimating this in terms of how many, there will be beers, by the way, it's going to be a beautiful (laughs) weekend. So the beers are going to be flowing. I will give you an answer next week. How many beers do you think I'm in for? Well, the pressure washing is easy, and that's actually yes. kind of fun, right? It's a lot of power it. in the pressure oh. washing. That's, that's a great job. So that's a, that's a relaxing one-beer job. Now, the painting is a uh, – that's another one. That's an all-day event. That's a, maybe a multiple-day event. you got to get two coats on that bad boy. Yeah, you're looking at probably four or five, you know, for a solid afternoon of painting. You know, the other thing that stinks about this, there's like a rock climbing wall on one yeah. of the sides. Taping. Yeah. Taping yeah. sucks. I mean, t- like that's getting, two beers itself. Yeah. That, that is two beers in itself. And that's a yeah. hard beer. You need both hands, pressure washing. You can, you can Easy. do that. I mean, that is like you said, that's therapeutic, man. I could do yeah. that for fun. I do do that for fun. So I'm thinking all told, this is a, um, 
this is like a seven and a half, eight beer multi-day job here. And that may not be enough. I, I think I am underestimating this. There's a wife thinks that I'm in for, and she's probably right. Um, yeah. But I'm excited about it because the weather's going to be nice. Listen to all sorts, get, get the tunes going. It's going to be, a, a, these are the kind of beer jobs that I enjoy. We, we need to rank some like the, the most enjoyable household chores to do. Like mowing the grass is obviously number one, right? Yes. Like there's, there's nothing more yes. relaxing than that. Power washing is close. Gotta that be, might it's gotta be, be a top two. five. It's gotta be, it may yeah. even be a podium player as you've talked through it. Yes. I think yeah. power washing and also um, accessible, more accessible than mowing the yard and, and drinking. Yeah. Like you can, you gotta be careful. I have a power washer that I've had some whoopsies on and it was like, yeah. do I still have my thumb? Right. So you have to like, that, that is yeah, a yeah. consumption situation that you have to monitor. Uh, we have to, yes, I, I think the audience, if you guys have rankings too, tell us because we could build out a top 10 here, like our own, you know, our own power rankings for beer consumption household activities. Yeah, so most enjoyable household chores to do. Again, mowing lawn, nobody's going to beat that, but what comes after that? I'm curious to see what the listeners think. Yeah, reminder guys, send us your how many beer jobs, whether it's a football one, a life one, other sports, whatever you guys have, uh, we want because I'm enjoying this segment way too much. And we're going to lean into this thing uh, as often and as amazingly as possible. All right. So before we head out, one of my favorite segments as well is the future. Uh, Marcus, we got ourselves a nice UFC card. Now it's been mm -hmm. hit a little bit. Actually, the last couple of weeks, the UFC card has been clobbered some. So we've got some UFC. We've got some NFL futures bets potentially off of schedules that I know you've made as well. Where are mm -hmm. you looking for your betting right now? What are you looking at? I'm actually starting to look at the PGA championship, not this weekend, but next weekend, we yes. got some, some, some good, <laughs> some good golfers coming up. Rory's actually the favorite right now uh, at 10 to one, Dustin Johnson, 11 to one, John Rahm, 12 to one. Again, I, I can't stay away from Brooks Kepka. He's my guy. He's at 20 to one. I don't know how healthy he is. Uh, but Jordan Speed, that's going to be my bet, 14 to 1 to win the PGA Championship next week. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Have you looked at the yardage on the back nine of this course? I saw one of the golf writers pointed it out. It is staggering. Like, I mean, yeah. the par threes are 230 yards. It's like a 4,000 yard back nine. Par fours, you've got two or three that are over 500 yards if they tee it all the way back. This is a course that we're, we've got this battle between like equipment and, you know, analytics and playing style. They are trying to really Bryson proof this course. And yet I, I think the conditions I'm, I'm really excited to see because the back nine was even the par fours here, Marcus, and this would be bad um, for me are in excess yeah. of 500 yards, 490, yeah. 500 yards. It's going to be a really fun event. I'll well, it's, dive into it's that. Probably, it's probably why Rory's the favorite here, right? Yeah. Oh, big hitters for sure. Yeah. You know, we saw Dustin with a knee injury. Kepka can hit it a mile. Um, but this is also, I think Spieth is, you know, who's not necessarily a bomber, but is great long iron player, which right. is going to be a right. factor here. We'll, we'll definitely dive into this thing uh, yeah. next week. I had a runner up finish last week again, by the way, with Abraham answer uh, 33 to one. I had him at, he posted what five under on Sunday lost to Rory. He wasn't in the lead. He just surged and it was like, hey, maybe Rory can come back a spot. But again, Marcus, another runner-up golf uh, finish for me. It has been a, a, a season of close, but not close enough. What about see this is why you need this is why you need to start taking time. I knew that I knew you were gonna say aggressive. it. I know you I knew <laughs> that was coming. 
I was just waiting for it. I was going to let you have it. You are not wrong. Uh, but I was yeah. still waiting for it. I'll go for a big score next week, though. All right. What about um, UFC 262? So we lose Nate Diaz uh, on this card versus Leon Edwards. Yeah. Uh, we lost Hermanson, unfortunately. Uh, but we'll get that on a fight. Actually, the fight night cards coming up are really good. Mm-hmm. I like Michael Chandler against Oliveira. Uh, I really mm-hmm. do, Marcus. I think that you look at this card, there's a lot of plus 110s, minus 110s. They look like really even fights. I think Chandler wrestling... Uh, he's just a slight dog in this fight. I, I loved his debut, obviously. And this is wild that he fights one fight after coming over and now has a chance to, to be a champion. I'm liking him as a very slight dog in the main event. I like that. I also really like Tony Ferguson at plus 135. I just, I have a hard time betting against the boogeyman. He, he's so much fun to watch. Uh, it's, it's not the best UFC card that we've had in the last, you know what, six months, but an enjoyable one. I'm looking forward to it. Did you watch uh, Canelo? Because I want a little money on Canelo. Did you watch that scene, by the way? I did. It was a lot of fun. It, it seemed crazy, though, to have a, a full stadium full of people watching a, a, an actual fight. Uh, it's nice to somewhat get back to normal. Now, it's, it's, been, it's been nice for these UFC and these boxing events to, to have packed stadiums like that. It was wild to see boxing, of all things, yeah. be, the, be, be the star of the show. It's like the biggest boxing event It's not completely ever. dead yet. I, I will say, because I'm not... I've gotten into UFC, as you know, we've kind of, this is our, the, the sport away from the sport of football, what we talk about, but boxing has been one that I've kind of slowly adapted to in, in, you know, the COVID as well. Canelo uh, being hit by him does not look pleasant as evident by, you know, basically breaking his eye. I mean, you know, Billy Joe Saunders, that was an unbelievable punch. Speaking of boxing, I know we're a little bit away. Are you betting on the uh, Paul Manyweather fight later this year? Dude, I wrote about this on the game day today, or this week, I should say. I love this stuff. I I <laughs> love, uh, you've got like Chad Ochocinco getting ready for a fight with Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. Like, people seem to be up in arms about what is this? Is it is it boxing? Is it not? Like, I don't care. That It's entertainment. It yes. is, that, that Paul Askren pay-per-view was one of the strangest most bizarre, awkward, <laughs> entertaining uh, pay-per-views I've ever ordered. I will watch this. Absolutely. And, yeah. and watching Paul and Mayweather size, size up, Marcus, is it was, you know, Mayweather, is, you forget, like he is a heck of a lot smaller and it's going to be a strange fight. Now I did see, I was looking around this week, Paul is like, um, or Mayweather's like minus 1800, minus 2000, I don't know how you bet this other than will it go the distance or not. What do you, what do you do here? We, we have this fight coming up in what, like three weeks. So we'll be able to dive into this, but I, I am excited for this and I'm not ashamed to say it. There's just no way that I can bet money on this. Right. I just just think to enjoy it because it's so ridiculous. It's so outrageous, but it's something that's, that's all I can say. It's something. I bet Askren and that was terrible. (laughs) I was having a wonderful UFC betting night and then he just, you know, Flatline. Yeah. We will talk about that. You mentioned PGA. Um, we've got some fun, fun events coming up, and the UFC cards look like they're going to be great for the foreseeable future. Anything else before we head out when it comes to other things? We got NBA playoffs coming up. Play, we got playing play games. Game. Yeah, next week we've got some playing games. I'll, again, I'm really looking forward to seeing. We might have Lakers Warriors as a playing game. How much fun is that? Uh, early next week. Uh, Lakers are still, I think, minus 2,500 to make the playoffs. But a lot of value out there on uh, the Golden State to, to win the, maybe that playoff game and get right into the playoffs. So 
uh, keep an eye out for some NBA action early next week. You know, Marcus, I felt something, an emotion watching the New York Knicks that I haven't felt in a long time. I am also a Knicks fan. You know my um, mm-hmm. my connection to bad New York sports teams. Although the Mets actually currently are not a total embarrassment. And the Jets, we'll see. But the Knicks-Lakers game, I was actually disappointed. That was a great yeah. game. I yeah. stayed up past my bedtime and watched. Uh, I actually felt like a disappointment in watching the Knicks, not a shame or embarrassed like I normally am, but mm-hmm. wow, that was a great game. I wish they would have won that. This is what this feels like. I don't think I felt that with the Knicks in like 15 years. It was a, it was a weird thing to have. It was also a really weird game to have an overtime game that finished at what? 101 99 or something like Very that. Tired. It was like a throwback game. But if you're a Knicks fan, you're really excited for this next week with the playoffs starting because Julius Randle is playing outside of his mind. Uh, go to the game day hoops. I had a nice little power ranking of the top 10 players in the NBA this year. I think you'll be happy where Julius Randle lands. Uh, but yeah, it's basketball, it's going to be a lot of fun over the next month. Yeah, I don't know if it's the lefty motion or like the rainbow teardrop, like, you know, the height he gets on his shots. He takes some really awkward shots. Yeah. He is fun, man. I mean, that has been, that has been a great story this year. I'm very excited for the playoffs and we will be talking about that as well. All right. A reminder, this podcast is now take the points. We largely took the points. We had a little chalk heavy run to start back end UFC main event. We're taking the points. Uh, You like Tony Ferguson, which would be taking Mm -hmm. the points and to get this thing kicked off $500 giveaway. So look out for clips, Instagram, Twitter, the game day NFL, you're going to want to follow us. You're going to like the post. You're going to tag two buddies and you'll be entered to win 500 bucks. Again, game day NFL, Twitter, Instagram, follow us, tag two friends, and you could win 500 bucks. I don't believe we're eligible, Marcus, unfortunately, no, unfortunately, not. but we are excited to take the points mantra is strong. Uh, and then again, you know, this is the time to subscribe, same pod content, but we, we, we want, we're going to do more. We're going to get great guests. We've got a lot of things planned. So Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast and the game to see what prices our affiliates have. Marcus, any parting shots when it comes to the schedules or Tim Tebow or anything else when it, when it comes to the NFL, we're kind of entering now, maybe the, the quiet portion of the NFL off season where mm-hmm. we get to kind of load up on our betting content. So what say you now, but the next steps in the NFL off season. Yeah, this is the quiet time for the NFL, but not for us. I cannot wait to get into some team future stuff. We're going to do some player futures, MVP odds. We're going to talk about Matt Stafford, who I placed a big bet. And then fantasy football coming up. I think you're going to get some good content uh, on the site from me and some from our other writers. Just a couple of months and we've got some fantasy drafts. So make sure you you can. You're doing them now. You're you're like, I've got rookie drafts right now. I've got rookie drafts are going on as we speak. That's awesome. I'm looking forward. I obviously love fantasy and even the daily fantasy, but I need to become educated. Uh, I always think I have an in with the rookies because I watch them a lot in college. Sometimes that works, sometimes not so much. So you can help educate me. For Marcus Mosier, I'm Adam Kramer. Again, take the points. We live by the mantra. We hope you do too. $500 giveaway. Check it out. We will talk to you guys next week. Will you mind?